Welcome to Crime and Wine. I'm Pamela Fagan Hutchins, your host, and this is the show where I talk with other crime fiction writers about the stories of thrills and suspense that will leave you mystified, sometimes horrified, and always wanting more. Please join me in welcoming today's special guest. You guys, welcome to the show. You made it, and I'm glad to have you. I'm going to have to remember, for those of you that are watching on video, to hold very still today, because every time I move, my blurring quits, and you can see behind me a dog treadmill. So keep your eyes peeled <laughs> if you're watching this, because I'm if I wiggle, you're going to get a view of the dog treadmill. Um, real quick announcement. There is a sale going on. If you're catching this on the day of release, which is, let's see, February 21st. And um, it's a 99 cent sale on her hidden grave, um, Detective Delaney Pace number two. So go check that out if you want to. And now let's get on to the good stuff. I have a super guest today. This writer um, not only writes fantastic mysteries like me, shares a love of writing some of them in the mountains and likes big old wonderful houses, but she also is a dog lover with a love for hiking, cross-country skiing, and travel. So you know this is a soul sister. You guys help me welcome S.W. Hubbard onto the show. Hello, my friend. Hi. Great to be here. I am so glad to have you. I've wanted to have you on the show ever since I first read um, my first Frank Bennett mystery, and it's just taken me too darn long. So welcome uh, months and months and months and months after I meant to have you here. <laughs> but, but we're not actually here to talk about Frank. So first of all, I want, if you could, um, if you could just tell us just a tiny bit about your Palmerton estate sale mysteries and um, unholy treasure. For those of my readers, listeners, viewers that haven't had the pleasure of diving into that series yet. Okay. Um, so I began writing this book 10 books ago, almost 10 years ago, um, when my mom passed away and I had to clear out her house. And she lived in a different city. And um, I, I was my kids were young and I was like, how am I going to manage this? How am I going to, you know, hold a garage sale? How am I going to get rid of all this stuff? And the real estate agent who was handling the sale of the house said, oh, I can, I can hook you up with an estate sale organizer and she'll just take care of everything and you won't have to do a thing. And um, I did that. And I thought, what a great job. What, what an incredible job to just be able to go through people's houses and see all their stuff and sell it all and go through their drawers and go through their attic and their basement. So that is how Audrey Nealon, uh, owner of Another Man's Treasure Estate Sale Organizers, uh, came to me and she has been uh, setting up estate sales and discovering dark family secrets in every house <laughs> ever since. <laughs> so um, it's set in the fictional town of Palmerton, New Jersey, which is very much like uh, the town I live in, Morristown, New Jersey. And um, she's got a sort of returning crew of, of helpers and, but uh, finds a new mystery and a new, uh, new, dark secrets in in every uh in every episode so it kind of to me 
I used to love um, going to open houses, you know, like when people had their house for sale and you get to go in and see how they live. And it, to me, like the first discovery of someone that sets up for estate sales must be like that, but even better because you get to open the drawers. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, and see all their junk and all their, you know, because you don't, you know, the estate sale organizer tells you to go through and take anything you want to keep. But then after that, she's the one who's going through the closets and going through the attic. And, you know, so I'm, I'm sure she found a few things in my mother's house. That were, <laughs> I, thing, I don't know. <laughs> we had recently had a couple of deaths in the family. And prior to the estate sale, people coming out, we did the whole, you try to go through and you try to catch everything. And, you, you know, you really don't want to air your relatives' dirty secrets, right? You're trying to protect them from that, but you know those estate sale people have to find some doozies, you know? Yeah, and they tell you not to be there. Like, I was not there on the day of the sale, and and my aunt was like, I, I was going to go to the sale, but then I, I just couldn't do it, you know, because your whole life is just laid out there for people to pick through, so there's Absolutely. a tragic side to it, too. I had a friend that bought a house and um, I wish they'd had an estate sale first because they were cleaning out a closet. This was two or three years after they'd moved into the house and they um, realized that there was an upper shelf to an upper shelf in this closet and they found this couple's old pornographic videos. Of them. Oh no! <laughs> I should have had that happen in one. I... Are, they don't really like the x-rated stuff so no you're just like ah no 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 i'd rather i'd rather it be something murdery and and you know podcast you know true crime no it's their it's their special it's their special videos and you know that couple had to move away and be going honey did you remember to pack the where is that where is the videos that i never want to get out <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but it's such a wonderful concept to me. Um, and so like all of the fantastic ideas for mystery. So I do want to let us let you know that we're starting to have people that want to say hi. Diane Ellen Robinson says hello, friends, and Jacqueline Jackson says, um, Heart. And then we've got a wowza for this. I, I wonder if that's my uh, my sexy story. <laughs> but so now you are on or have just finished, if you will, Unholy Treasures number one, number, number 10. Two. So you did one a year um, on these for 10 years. Um, Bev yes. says hi, Sue. Okay. And so with this, with this final, it's a final installment. It's fair to say that, right? This is fine. I wound up all the personal, you know, the, the personal story of Audrey and her family and her assistance uh, has carried over from book to book, even though each mystery is self-contained. Um, so all the, all the personal details are wrapped up in, in this book. And um it was time to let her start a new chapter of her life so that I could start a new chapter of my writing life and, and take up some new, uh, some new ideas. But it was bittersweet. It was bittersweet saying goodbye to these characters because I have come to love them over the years. And I would imagine that, that writing and wrapping up their personal stuff felt like saying goodbye to family. You know, it's, it's like, um, people that you've been living with in your head for 10 years, and now you get the chance to 
right all the wrongs and set all the records straight and leave them? Did you feel like you left them like you wanted to at the end with no spoilers, you guys? <laughs> well, I did have to kill off one character. Uh, 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 I, nothing too tragic, but um, the rest of them go on to happy new challenges in, in their lives. So uh, I was particularly happy about uh, Audrey has uh, an assistant, Ty, who uh, when she first hired him, he had just been released from prison and um, she gave him a chance. And over the, over the period of the books, he has just really developed as a character. And he's sort of the, the person who always speaks truth to power in, in, in the series, I think. But uh, I was very excited to give him um, a new career opportunity and, you know, let him be the man that he was always meant to be. So That's pretty cool. It's like having a child grow up. Um, yes. Turn out well, truthfully, because they do become kind of our babies, these book babies, if you will, the characters in our books. Um, so Jacqueline says Ty is one of her favorite characters. Now, do you have a favorite character in the series? Is it Ty? Well, of course, Audrey is the heroine, so she she's a favorite. But I would I would definitely say of the of the minor supporting cast, Ty is definitely um, a favorite, and he's actually based on someone that I know. So it, in a loose way, I mean, not not um, you know not his exact uh, life story, and and the person that he's based on is older than Ty, but um, just I can hear. You know, I can hear the real person talking sometimes when I'm writing Ty's dialogue. And Ty's grandmother, Grandma Betty, is absolutely, uh, it's even the same name. Her name is Betty. And uh, she she knows that she's the inspiration for this character. And <laughs> it's just like I'm just channeling her her dialogue, you know, from directly from her speech. You know, I mean, she's uh, she's just wholly taken from real life. Real life. <laughs> Cut from real life, Grandma Betty. Um, so do, when you're writing, do you enjoy the uh, mystery plotting and that element more? Are you more drawn into, I want to say women's fiction in the sense that it's the protagonist is a woman, the story of a woman, and the melding of that? Or what part of, um, what part of your stories interests you the most as you're writing them? Well, I am a lifelong lover of mystery. So I, I started with, you know, the Bobsy Twins and just Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys. And then one day we, I lived in a really crappy little town in Pennsylvania. We didn't have a library, if you can believe that. We only had the bookmobile and um, didn't have a bookstore in town. So my mother came home. She was supposed to, she had promised me a new Nancy Drew book. But when she got home, she said, you know, the store, she had to go to like the department store that just had like a little book department. And she said, uh, I think you've read all those Nancy Drews that they had. And so I brought you this Agatha Christie. So I was about 10 years old and uh, started reading, uh, I think it was Murder on the Orient Express. So I'm always amused when, when I hear like mothers and grandmothers saying, oh, do you think, you know, this book will be too harsh for my 14 year old you know it's like are you kidding <laughs> so i read everything as a child absolutely everything and um i just always love mystery so i do love uh, creating a mystery plot and um 
but my my readers have always talked about how much they love the characters and how realistic my characters are and how they feel like they know them and in, in like they could be someone they knew in their own life. And so that's kind of what led me to write my spinoff series, which is um, the Life in Palmerton Women's Fiction series. I thought, well, I could just write a book with no mystery and just has the <laughs> just as the characters. And it, it, that was actually challenging because it was like, well, how do I make a plot without a crime? There's the dead body. Crimes, no murders, but there are some crimes that creep into that uh, series just because I, yeah, I don't really know how to build a story without a little bit of crime in it. When I first started writing, I thought I wrote women's fiction. I sat down with an agent for the first time and they're like, there's a dead body in the first chapter. That's a mystery. And I'm like, I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't know what I do. <laughs> but it is fun to get to kill people in books, to, you know, to take out the things we could never do in real life. Yes. I, I think I'd find it hard to to do it without the dead bodies too. Oh, Connie Smith Rohn says she's read both of both of us and loves us both. So wow, thank yeah, you, Connie. Like you. <laughs> <laughs> we like that. And Diane wants to start your series too. So there's several of them. Well, we, yeah. I talked about Frank Bennett earlier, which is mystery set in the Adirondack. Did I get that right? Right, the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York. So that was actually the first series that I, uh, when I was very first published. Um, that uh, Take the Bait was the first book that I ever wrote. It took me 10 years to write it, <laughs> but it finally got published. And then I uh, built a series around, around that. It's a small town police procedural in this little mountain town where uh, the murder, the per capita murder rate is like worse than Detroit, you know, because <laughs> That's, that is one thing about rural, um, rural mystery series, a lot, a lot of death going on in these little towns. <laughs> I like to think that every murder that happens in that series could happen in that town. It's just would be extraordinary if there was that every year happening, you know, like every year, some sort of Exactly. My publisher is like, yeah, we want you to write um, three books a year and space them out, you know, as if they're happening in real time. So like four, I mean, three a year. Um, so that's every four months. And, you know, your little town of 500 people. I'm like, that's like, that's like 12 murders a year. That's yeah. just, do you realize the crime rate we're talking about here? <laughs> no. But I think readers are, you know, I mean, they know it's absurd on some level, you know. Yeah. But they're they're willing to suspend disbelief for that. At least I hope. You think about um, oh, what was it? Murder she wrote. I mean, how many murders in that little town? You know, yeah. Angela Lansbury's character. Um, and so with your series wrapping up, you also. Uh, besides the spinoff series, besides Frank Bennett, you also have uh, gotten your feet wet in writing thrillers in the last year. Um, if you tell us a little bit about that, because we have a lot of thriller uh, readers in my group. Okay, great. So the um, I'm envisioning this as a trilogy, and um, the first book has been released. It's called Hurt Hurt People, and the second one will be called um, A World of Hurt. And um, it's about a uh, about five siblings who are left alone in an apartment uh, as as young children. One is an infant uh, up to about ten years old, 
Uh, their mother's a drug addict. She leaves them alone in the apartment. One of the kids tries to make her own dinner and sets the apartment on fire. And um, the oldest child rescues the rest of them. But they're all, after the fire, they're all separated. They're, they go into, he, he's horribly burned, the oldest one. The baby goes gets adopted. The rest of them are thrown into foster care. So they're all separated. They don't see each other again. Uh, and then 20 years later, um, two of the brothers are brought together by a murder. The one um, brother is a police detective and the other brother, the oldest one who is scarred, um, is a therapist who helps people with PTSD. So they're brought together by this new murder. They rediscover each other. Eventually their other siblings start appearing into the story. So it's sort of a family saga combined with a very fast paced thriller. <laughs> I think that sounds awesome. Awesome. Well, um, you guys are going to have to let us know too, if you've read uh, any of these books in the comments and talk to each other about it. There've been a lot of people talking about adding to their Goodreads list. Um, I do have to tell you um, that I am a huge fan of your traveling <laughs> and your trips. You guys are so adventurous, so athletic, so outdoorsy. Kudos to you. You're hikers in your family and we are big hikers yes yes i was your getting ready last year we did patagonia we've hiked to the bottom of the grand canyon we've hiked um machu picchu um so we're going we're going to be hiking in um new zealand i hope in november uh we hiked our, the tour de mont blanc around uh through the swiss and french and italian alps that was that was a big one. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we we love to hike. Uh, my husband still does downhill skiing. I don't. I do cross country. Um, but yeah, we love being outside. We love having our dog with us hiking. She's a great hiker too. We have someone that loved hurt people. That's uh, um, Connie. And a big fan of your traveling experience as well, Jacqueline says. Always an adventure. Well, I'm yeah. always guilty when I'm posting about my travels because that means my readers know I'm not writing. So <laughs> what is she now? Why is she not writing? I always take a notebook with me. I make copious notes on my trip. Um, yeah, we are, we are going to be living in the south of France this next year. And I'm hoping to get up and do some of that. Um, yeah, you know, south of France. You guys, you uh, go and live in other places. You don't just uh, travel. Well, this, this is not my choice. <laughs> it's by work experience. It's by work assignment. However, I am excited for South of France and we're near enough to the Alps there that we're going to get some good hiking in and we're taking our Malamutes with us since we're going to be there for a year. So the Malamutes will get that. How do you get them over there? Um, they're going to, well, <laughs> funny you should ask. <laughs> One of them is is perfectly capable. She's very calm in a crate and she could do, you know, the um, climate controlled riding in the belly of the airplane that, uh, oh gosh, what's the airline that does such a good job? Anyway, um, I blank out when I try to remember things when I'm actually speaking. I'm really good at listening to other people talk. Anyway, the other one, not so good at crates. So right now she's actually a, 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 a trainer working on this. We're not sure if she'll master it. And if she doesn't, then we will probably, um, <laughs> we being me, will fly over in a chartered plane that, that uh, sells spots to people that have pets that need to fly in a plane yeah. needed 
in a chair beside their owner. Yeah. Very big dog <laughs> with a lot of hair. No one will be glad to see us coming. <laughs> but they will get to hike all over France. And we just got a brand new dog cart because they're sled dogs. They pull, they pull for us. And we just got this really cool dog cart and we'll ship that over too. Yeah. And our house is um, we're on the Mediterranean. We're about a thousand feet from the ocean. It's going to be so much better than Bakersfield, I must tell you. And um, <laughs> and there's a path that runs right along on the cliff overlooking um, the water that runs 15 miles. Well, you know, if you do it out and back and it's dog friendly. So I can't wait. I think that's going to be a lot of fun for them. And well, come and visit you. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds awesome. Please do. Let's go hiking. <laughs> I have friends that I swear will come visit us there that have not visited us in like 20 years. So well, let me real quick. I, I just ate up your time yakking about dogs and hiking. I should never ask those questions because I get going. Um, we're going to do the speed round real quick. And I'm going to ask you a few of the questions that I ask of every author so that our readers, listeners, viewers can get a baseline of you versus the world. So here you go. You ready? <laughs> sushi or pizza uh pizza I knew, I'm, I'm from, from new jersey it's the it's we're the center of the pizza universe exactly i, I always try to guess in advance on these and i was thinking new jersey that's like pizza. <laughs> are you a plotter or a pantser pantser 100 pantser again we talked ahead of time and i kind of knew that one was coming um <laughs> do you have a particular outfit or space or something that puts you in the writing vibe that's like kind of like your go-to no i just wear stretchy pants and <laughs> no bra <laughs> there's no bra <laughs> oh my gosh and isn't it the worst it's a writing day you have on your stretchy pants and no bra and the doorbell rings and and you're like Am I home? Am I not home? I don't think anybody really wants me to be home today. <laughs> cover, cover. Um, it's happy hour. What are you ordering or what is your favorite protagonist ordering? Uh, I'm a wine drinker, big wine drinker. Uh, I do like gin though. So in the summer, I like to have a gin and tonic or a French 75, but mostly I'm drinking wine. <laughs> Yeah, we're trying to um, practice our wine drinking to get ready for France because my husband's a beer drinker. And I'm like, no, 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 honey, <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> so when you are um, uh, writing, is there a stage of writing that you like best, like research? Um, I know it's not outlining and plotting. Upload <laughs> now. That's <laughs> the end done. <laughs> Sometimes do you feel like writing doesn't love you as much as you love writing? Like it's painful and hard or are you someone that's always like, this is a joy. I can't wait to get out of bed and write. You know, I'm definitely one of those people who enjoys having written, not, not the actual process of writing. Once it's done and people are saying, oh, I loved it so much. It's like, yeah, I love being a writer. But when I'm, when I'm grinding through it not so much yeah yeah there's definitely times in every book isn't there where you're like i can just close this no one has to know about this failed <laughs> experiment bye-bye <laughs> all right and if you could be something other than a writer for one magical pretend day what would it be uh that was a very good question and the first thing that popped to my mind is cabaret singer <gasps> 
Oh, that would be so much fun. <laughs> I like to sing, but I'm not really, uh, I'm certainly not a trained voice, but I just think it would be so much fun. Um, I like public speaking, so I like being on a stage. So I think it would really be fun to be a cabaret singer. Well, notice I didn't say what you'd be good at. So it's okay if you're not good, because in your mind, it's that's what counts. Would you yeah. be happy doing it? So, and um, we've had a, 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 someone say they're sorry they're late. And Connie says, gin with a little bit of ginger ale with lime. That sounds like a gin mule to me, Connie. That's my husband would like that. Actually, ginger beer, though, ginger beer instead of ginger ale. Well, you guys have been fantastic out there. I swear this is a record number of comments. Um, and I appreciate every single one of you for tuning in and for um, uh, we have someone saying, oh, <laughs> there's stage fear, stage fright. Um, no cabaret singing for Emily. Um, but uh, I want you guys to go and check out. Uh, I'm going to call her Susan, SW's, SW's books. SW's another Susan Hubbard and she writes vampire books. So don't like, call me Susan to your, when you see me or when you're writing to me. But when you're looking for me, you have to look at, under SW Hubbard. S.W. Hubbard. Not that we don't love vampires. They're just not what we're looking for in our um, S.W. Hubbard mysteries. <laughs> Jacqueline says we should practice with the white Zinfandel. We will do that. Um, and if you could tell people where the best place to find your books is, where to catch up with you online, if they would like to follow you and get to know you better. Yes, you should buy my books on Amazon and they're all in Kindle Unlimited as well. So uh, they're all in, in Kindle and paperback and some of them, uh, three quarters of them are in audiobook and they're all in Kindle Unlimited. So uh, I think you flashed my website up there, but I'm also on Facebook as S.W. Hubbard author and I'm on TikTok. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Yes, follow me wherever wherever you can. Join my newsletter. Um, if you go to my website, you can join my newsletter. Get a free short story. Is that which series are, is is that in, or is it affiliated with any of the series? The short story. Uh, there, the it's affiliated with the Palmerton uh, Estate Sale series, but it actually sort of like a prequel that introduces the cop who's in that series without introducing. Audrey. So I had actually written it before. Uh, oh, that's cool. That's yeah. very cool. So you guys go check all that out. And Susan, thank you so much for being thank on the show. Thank you today. so much for having me. And thanks for everyone for attending. And it was great to meet everybody that I haven't already met before. <laughs> it was very, very fun. So we're going to well, everybody wave goodbye. goodbye. And you're saying goodbye to Susan Hubbard now. Now, you guys, what I know, everyone just is like hanging, waiting for me to talk about every single time is this is a solely owned and copyrighted production of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, which is a dig digital communications group with over 4 million viewers and listeners in 153 plus countries. Ugh. That was so exciting. And if you want to see past shows, if you'd like to see who's going to be on the show next week or in July, you can go out to my website and you can, while you're there, catch any of my books, which are available almost anywhere 
online and even on my website. Whichever way you choose to consume them, I appreciate it. And uh, thank you, Emily. And thank you, Connie. And thank you, Terry, all of you for tuning in and for being such great, great guests today. I will be seeing you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today on Crime and Wine, chats with crime fiction authors and Pamela Fagan Hutchins. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will check back in with us next time for more thrills, suspense, and stories that will mystify, sometimes horrify, and always leave you wanting more.